0: The Book of Boba Fett is coming to Disney Plus on December 29th. But starting today, you can watch the trailer for this thrilling Star Wars adventure of the legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand. Follow the journey as the two navigate the galaxy's underworld to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt. That's the Book of Boba Fett. Check out the trailer on Disney Plus starting today. Welcome to the Hoop Collective a podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Monday evening, afternoon, evening, depending on where you are. Joining us from Phoenix, Arizona, where it is afternoon, is the undefeated Mark Spears.
1: What's happening, brother?
0: Do you get upgraded to like nicer rooms when they hear when they hear Marcus Spears and they're like, oh, Mark Spears?
1: Hey, man, I, I, I was in this business long before him. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 You basically tell me I ain't got no name. Is, it, you know what I'm saying? I'm an also, ambassador, uh, and I'm also an ambassador member with Marriott.
0: Okay, you're. That's Platinum. a good point.
1: But to answer your question, I oftentimes I've gotten sent his ties. That's my and. Oh, nice. I gotten, I get tweeted out about NFL stuff all the time. People cursing me out. Not
0: a, not a benefit. The ties are a good benefit.
1: Yeah, I got charged for a flight to uh I got charged for a flight to Lexington once that obviously he went on and I went. Didn't. What? <laughs> but probably the I, I'll say this because I don't want to embarrass a dude. There's a high-level ESPN personality who has twice called me thinking I was him.
0: That is what I'm talking about. Also, I figure maybe some emails, too. So
1: Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do believe that we're cousins. Seriously. Okay. I believe his, it. His family. My my grandfather is from Mississippi, and his family's from Mississippi, and they're from the same city. So
0: Also, LSU ties?
1: Yep. Yep. Family's yep. from Louisiana. Mom's side. Um, you got you my have a master's team. there. He That's played right. football there. Right, I look like I might have played football there at some point, but I did.
0: <laughs> you were a college basketball player.
1: Yes, sir. They didn't recruit me.
0: All right. That's a mistake by that. <laughs> that other voice you heard was Om Young Masuk. Nobody confuses Om. You, you, you don't get, uh, you know, anybody's calls, do you, Om?
2: No, I will say this. There's no other Om Young Masuk in this world, or at least there should not be. But back in about 2003 on the Nets beat, we were in Sacramento and there were other beat writers staying at a Marriott Courtyard, I want to believe, and they called the front desk, thinking I was staying in the same hotel to patch them to my room. And the front desk attendant patched them to another OM Young Masuk. They at least they swear to this day. And I kept telling them there's definitely no other om Young Masuk on this planet because if there is, that person would be a direct relative of mine. And there is no other OM Young Masuk, but they swear mm. there is.
0: Maybe somebody was stealing your identity.
2: One you time, know, I, was- they, I would go say the other thing, too, is uh, my old boss, Leon Carter, when I got hired at ESPN New York, told me that uh, there was a little bit of a delay in my hiring, and I was like, what's, what's, take, what's taking so long? And he said that it was the, uh, the background check. And I said, well, what, mm-hmm. what, what could possibly come on in my background check? And he said, they found another Ohm Young Masuk, with some scandalous stuff on his Facebook page, and I said, "There's only one known young sook." and they were just <laughs> like, "No, there." They, he goes, "I don't know," but he said that the background people said they found some some uh, some questionable stuff, and I was like, "There's no way there's anybody else than me."
0: There might have been some questionable stuff on your social media this week if you'd been <laughs> saying what your real feelings were about Michigan State being Michigan.
2: Oh, I was at the game, Wendy. Uh, it was incredible. Congratulations! I, I thank you, and you're not stealing my coach, Spearsy. You guys need to stay you know, away hey, from our hey, coach.
1: You remember that guy? Cheers, the one always used to say he's gonna steal. Uh, what's his name's girlfriend? <laughs> That's LSU. Try to get your coach, baby. We uh, if if we want him, he, he's ours.
2: You, you can you, stay away from him.
1: <laughs> you know, if, if we want we're, we're deciding who we want right now. So I'll let you know. But Brian, I did have to add this real quick. Um, I probably the craziest thing about me and Marcus Spears was when Alabama played Clemson, and I believe it was the two, nine, 2018 uh, BCA championship in Santa Clara, there was a former columnist I used to work with. Who took a picture next to an ESPN bus, and they had Marcus Spears' bus—I a mean, picture—on it, and tweeted out, "Man, I'm I'm really proud of you <laughs> and, and what you've been able to do with your career." And she took a picture next to Marcus Spears' face. She's like, "Yeah, we work. I enjoy working with you at the LA Daily News, and and just so so proud of your success." And I'm like, "That ain't me, man." Like, Obviously, like we work together. Man. We work together. <laughs> I know they say all black people look alike, but God damn, man, like that's i never even like, come on now. We work together. You
2: you know, you know, Spirits, the only only time I've ever been mistaken for somebody else is there were times in New York here where people used to think that I was Pablo Torre. They used to say, hey, man, I saw you on Around the Horn. You know, good, great job. And I was like, I, I, I've never been on Around the Horn. And so I used to tell Pablo this because my, my, <laughs> my, my, my answer was always, no, that's the smart Asian. <laughs> OK, I'm not as smart as Pablo Tori, But now I'm no longer mistaken for Pablo Tori because you, you might have saw recently this weekend or they, he was recently at a Nets game. There's a picture of him sitting next to uh, Pete Davidson. And uh, I think Jason Sudeikis. And I'm like, yeah, well, I am no longer in the same Pablo Torres. Oh, stratosphere. Man. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. Um, apparently, Pete Davidson hangs out with Pablo one night and Kim Kardashian the next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to double date. Hey, and that, um, that
1: comedian, uh, maybe only Chappelle has it better than him. He might have it better than Chappelle.
0: <laughs> Chappelle's got all the money, though. Um, so we do talk about the NBA. Um, so guys, um, we are two weeks into the season and I want to tell you that we have the fewest free throws per game in the modern era of the NBA. We have the lowest offensive numbers, offensive efficiency for the league since 2014. We have lowest three point percentage since 2003 lowest, uh, overall field goal percentage, I think since 2000. Uh, we have a whole bunch of guys whose uh, scoring averages, whether it be Steph Curry, James Harden, Trey Young are all down three, four, five points a game. We're seeing the Miami heat looking like the 2005 San Antonio Spurs holding teams to like 85 points night after night, after night. Um, Spears is this, we had Draymond doing backflips. Saying this is the way the league should be, and he's doing—he's thrilled with they're basically swallowing the whistle. The officials—is this moving in a positive direction? Do you like what you're seeing right now uh, with the way the officials are calling the games?
1: Well, one one thing I would expect this to be the case in terms of overall last season when they didn't have much of a break, you know, and they got a decent break. But I'm pretty shocked by how big of an effect that that new rule with the three-point line, jumping to your teammates. I don't know what they call it. uh, Like, it's had that big of an effect. And, I, you know, I guess I thought preseason would be a way that guys got used to it. Um, But obviously, for James Harden, it's had an impact. I mean, nobody lives off of that more than, you know, know, James Harden has. If there is one thing I still wish that they would change, it it would be the... um, God help me. What was it called when somebody's uh, there's a fast break and they, they foul.
0: Yeah. The, um, the clear path foul.
1: I hate that foul. I hate, and there's so many dunks that we've missed because they haven't gotten rid of that. Like to me, like they should have, it should be like international where if you do that, um, you know, whatever you get in
0: in the, it's a, it's a technical foul. The Olympics, um, (laughs) <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, I was covering the Olympic team and like one of their first exhibition games, like, I think it was Draymond, you know, a take foul, basically. Yeah, He, there was a fast break and he grabs somebody. Next thing you know, it's a technical and like the U S players were like, what, what just happened? And uh, yeah, in the league and not in the international, not only is that illegal, if you do do it, you uh, you get really penalized.
1: Um, yeah. And I, and I, I think the NBA should add that as well because they're just, so many spectacular plays we've missed um because of that. Well the but, clear you know, path
0: is the clear path foul is meant to dissuade that. But you're talking about just in general allowing uh just take fouls is what you're is what you're yeah, what you're yeah.
1: describing. Yeah. I mean it's just like, oh man, someone's about to do a oh they fouled him. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah.
0: or or the guy I goes just down and dunks and the crowd is going crazy, but they don't realize that the official blew the whistle five seconds yeah. later.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's it's still early in the season, but Ryan, to your, to your point, those are pretty jarring statistics.
0: So, Olm, you're, you're covering the Nets right now. You're joining us from Brooklyn. Um, you've been with the Nets the whole season so far. Um, Harden's been talked about quite a bit, but, you know, the Nets are struggling to score. And really what's happening is that um, the, the – Yes, they got rid of that foul where they don't want you pump faking on the perimeter and the guy going in the air and then you jumping at a 45-degree angle into the player. They don't want you know the James Harden sorcery where he goes down the lane, he's jumping with his left and he uses his right hand and he slides it underneath another player's arm and gets that foul. They don't like Trey Young driving the lane and then you know throwing himself sideways into a player Actually, a lot of players are guilty of that, but you know, throwing himself sideways into a player to create the contact. But what's happened is the officials, while getting that instruction from the from the from the league, they are also um, just not calling like general uh, hand check arm bars, and so it's become a wrestling match that the that the the defender is getting away with right now. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the Clutch hitch, Strikeouts, Grand Salamis, Web Gems with nothing on your roof. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: I can't tell you how weird it is to watch a game and see James Harden go to the line three times total in a game, which has happened twice or even once. Uh, In the first five games of the season, James Harden had a total of 15 free throws. He (laughs) normally does that in one game. And he finally broke out and did that two games ago last Friday night where he went to the line 19 times. And I think we're starting to see that it is a couple things. Number one, James Harden got off to a very slow start because he says he was not able to play any pickup in the off season due to that grade two hamstring injury that he had in the playoffs and toward the end of last season. So he said he just wasn't able to play any pickup. They were able to play full court basketball. And so he was kind of using the start of the regular season to do that. And he said he his confidence wasn't there. He was hesitant. Um, he didn't feel like himself. Now in the last two games, he had 29-8 and 8 on Friday night, and then he had 18-12 and 10. So he had a triple-double. And now he's starting to feel more like himself. And the Nets offense is starting to look a little bit better, although it was against Indiana and Detroit. So I'm sure that also has something to do with it. Um, they obviously missed Kyrie. Uh, I, I never thought that even without Kyrie, I thought they would have plenty of offense, but their shooting has been pretty bad. Their three-point shooting has been like, you know, ice cold on certain nights. And they also are very much, it It, it feels like preseason extended for the Nets because Steve Nash admitted the other night uh, that like, look, once, once Kyrie wasn't there, we had planned going into the season with a certain group and that group is the, the majority, you know, the big piece of that group is not here. And so we had to adjust. And so he's figuring out, what lineups to use. Nick Claxton's been out now with a non COVID illness and is going to be out for a little bit more. And he, so he's trying to figure out, do I go big? What do I do with my rotations? What am I going to do with my point guards? It still comes down to Durant and Harden. And once those guys start playing better, I think everything else will fall into place, but I think they are still trying to very much figure out that thing without Kyrie who continues to hang over this team, kind of like a, you know, a big shadow there.
0: I think the officials are, going to correct because i think the officials are not necessarily calling it the way that i mean look i went back before this podcast and re-watched the video that they put out at the beginning of the season um that that uh, goes over the um the, the points of emphasis that monty mccutcheon the head of the officiating does and in that video yeah they showed all these clips of You know, don't don't call these pump fake fouls and and what he calls overt actions where guys are like clearly making non-basketball plays to get fouls. But he he does say you want to allow freedom of movement. You can't hold guys. And but it's interesting, you know, these rule changes were the product spears of the competition committee. Um, which is really one of the more interesting committees in the league because it makes, it has owners, general managers, coaches, players, and referees all in them. And I don't know of any other committees that have all those guys represented. And so I went to see who is on the competition committee that recommended these changes. And it's a little bit of a window into why they suggested it. So one of the owners my guess is the lead owner of the three, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, the players, uh, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, and Dwight Powell. But Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul. I mean, how do you think that they, they benefit the from it, right? Of, I mean,
1: I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, mean, like, well, I mean Kyle is a master, right?
0: Well, I mean, I don't want to. I, I give the Miami Heat a lot of credit. I don't want to give them that much conspiracy theory, but like the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat built a team to be great on rugged defense getting pj tucker and kyle lowry and already having jimmy butler <laughs> and, and, then, and then their guy on the competition committee uh in you know allows you know fights for there to be more rugged defense i mean um dwayne casey and quinn snyder are the coaches dwayne casey definitely an old school defensive coach and quinn snyder you know he i'm sure likes freedom of movement but he um He's a believer in, in staunch defense. Um, and the referees are Mark Davis and Zach Zarba. Zach Zarba has been there in the league 20 years. And Mark Davis, is if he's not the most senior, he's in the top three of most senior officials. So you got some old-school referees, some old-school-style players, old-school-style coaches. Michael Jordan, the other owners are Josh Kroenke from the Nuggets and Vivek Ranadive. And then the general managers are Elton Brand, who played defense in his career. Arturis Knishevis and Neil O'Shea uh, uh, from the Bulls and Blazers. But I got to wonder, you know, I-, I can see Jordan. Can't you see Jordan on that competition committee on those Zooms going, we got to tone this down a little bit, guys. Let's play some real basketball. And, you know, I know that that this isn't exactly what they wanted, but, like, they made the recommendation, the league passed it, and now we're seeing guys like Draymond, out there frolicking and Kyle Lowry in the heat. I mean, I got to imagine Jordan is probably pretty happy with what he's seeing right now.
1: But I I think the thing that's surprising to me is um, I'm actually even surprised it got on the table because of who it benefited. You know, it benefited the James Harden's and the Steph Curry's and some of the league's greatest scores, right? Durant's really good at doing the rake thing, right?
0: Well, it, no, like, it didn't benefit them because it it was trying to take away those trick fouls that they were getting. You know. Um, yeah.
1: No, I mean it benefited their tricks. You know. No,
0: it, no, it's taking away their tricks. You know. Like no, that's what I, if, no,
1: I mean, we're we're saying the same thing.
0: Oh, we are okay.
1: Yeah, I, me. I, I'm meaning saying like, if, if
0: you're Elton Brand and you just got beat by Trey Young. And you're you're like, hey, let's get rid (laughs) of who who votes to get rid of the tricks. Uh, General manager of the 76ers votes to get rid of the trick, the tricks. I mean, it's it's. um,
1: But my point is, it benefits the stars like to allow them to do that. That's why I'm surprised they took it away.
0: I see what you're saying. But I'm saying that the people on this committee and granted, Adam Silver had to sign off. The owners had to sign off but the competition committee. Came Michael up
1: Jordan this. didn't get the benefit from that he's probably a little bitter
0: well I mean Michael Jordan <laughs> is the I mean what do we always hear about 90s basketball we hear all these people talking about well this isn't this isn't the 90s well the man of the 90s <laughs> the man who won six titles in the 90s was you know one of the lead voices on this competition committee that said let's take it back towards the 90s a little bit yeah. well you um, know well, what though and, like-
2: M- MJ does benefit a little bit Mark because mm. Obviously, we, we watched Last Dance and his legacy is still intact with that. But listen, if, if, if the NBA continues to go the way it is, records are being shattered. Um, so, the, you know, the legends of the game, their records are being shattered way quicker than they were ever before. So, yeah. I, 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 just I think mean, because the offensive a, numbers are staggering. Purist,
0: if you're a purist, which I think we can say Michael Jordan is a purist, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you don't want to see – your MVP contenders doing pump fakes and throwing their body into guys. Yes. But, but, but it's, but it's been an overcorrection. Uh, in but my I point.
2: mean, I mean, like, look, look at the highlight. I think Patrick Beverly was caught the other day <laughs> where he was dribbling the ball, you know, still on the other side of half court coming heading toward half court. And then he stopped because he knew a defender behind him was running to get back. And so of course the defender runs into him and flips over him and but Patrick Beverly doesn't get the call that he has gotten over the years used to, you know, basically trying to trick guys into fouling him. And so I just think like eliminating stuff like that is great. But there's definitely going to be an adjustment period for somebody like James Harden, who now, if you, you know, and, and, and look, we haven't seen his full game yet because he's working his way back. But now uh, what I'm seeing from James Harden a little bit is him shaking and baking on the perimeter with a lot of dribbling and then trying to shoot like a three-pointer. He's still driving into the lane, but he's not getting those calls that he normally gets.
0: Well, look, here's the thing with Harden. James Harden is one of the most skilled drivers of the basketball we've ever seen. So I would say to him, go ahead and drive the basketball, but when you get the corner turned, score the basket. Don't worry about sticking your hip out or throwing your arm up and getting the foul. And if you get hit, they'll give you the foul. Don't, don't go for the trick every time. Go to play basketball, score. Go, go, finish. With I mean, that's hard. That's handed.
2: hard, Wendy. If you've spent the last you know eight years perfecting well, this is, in order to find you money. know your way around the rules, I mean, I think. I know, but it wasn't know, like they I, I agree Thomas with you. Was
0: coming. They didn't. I agree like with you.
2: Well, it's funny like Steve Nash has been calling, you know, Harden the the poster boy of these rule changes and that he's being unfairly penalized because of this. But I do think it's going to take it if you, if you've been working on these I don't want to I don't want to call them tricks or whatever, but if you've been working on these methods to draw fouls and get to the line and score and you've been doing it now for what, 8, 10 years or longer and perfecting it, it's going to take a long time for you to just all of a sudden stop doing it.
0: That I agree with, that I agree with. But I think the issue that the players are having based on what I have learned is that it's not so much that they're not calling those trap fouls anymore, where you trap a guy to get into the air and you throw your body into him. It's more that they're allowing way too much contact from the defense. And so I suspect, in fact, I was just talking to a scout today who attended a game uh, on Saturday and he was telling me that he saw a lot more freedom of movement fouls. In other words, holds on players coming across the lane getting into position, you know, uh, hand checks. He saw a lot more of them called on this game. He was at on Saturday than he'd seen the first week and a half of the season. And so maybe that's getting corrected. But um, when I look at these scores every night, um, I mean, it's just like, there's a whole bunch of games, you know, that are being played, you know, 10 points lower than they were. And, you know, maybe that's where the game, where some of these guys want the game to be played, but um, it's certainly been a little jarring. Um, so, Spears, um, one of the teams that is uh, off to a really good start uh, this year, and not only that, but is going to stay off to a good start, I think, because they've got a favorable schedule and a team you've been around a lot. You know, where you live is the is the Golden State Warriors. Um, they're they're um, obviously. Uh, you know, they've, they've gotten off to a tremendous start. They're five and one heading into tonight's games. Um, and they're on, a, what is a six game home homestand right now? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, long, long.
0: And, uh, or is yeah, it and eight, all the, isn't it? What was, I don't even, I don't, I, I know it's long, Yeah. a uh, long homestand. Um, what have you seen? Uh, so they, um, let me just check here, but anyway, uh, what have you seen with the Warriors so far? It is, other than, it is eight, eight games. Whew. Yeah. By the way, Steph is scoring, I think...
1: 28,
0: 28.7. So four, about four points less a game than he was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when he, when he, uh, did he win the scoring title to Brad Beal? I think he won the scoring title. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. The NFL schedule drops this week. So what are you seeing from the Warriors so far that you think is, uh, is really making it work for them?
1: Well, well Kerr made it sound the other day, like they might be a little bit of fool's gold because if you look at their wins, other than Oklahoma city the second time around, because they have played them twice, they hadn't really blown out anybody, you know, um, and their games have been kind of tight. So, um, but, I mean, to open the season with, with wins against the Lakers, wins against the Clippers, especially opening night for the Lakers, I mean, that was, to me, very, very impressive. And then if you look at their one loss, is an overtime loss uh, against Memphis, a team that kind of seems to have their number. But the one thing I, I, I do think is impressive is they're, like, you know, doing it by committee right now. You know, Jordan Poole, you know, he's not Clay Thompson, but he's a he's a hell of a you know feeling right now. and He's averaging 14 points a game and he has a, a, a confidence, a swag. Damon Lee is, is basically a big surprise. Uh, he's been making big shots for him. He's averaging 14. Wiggins, probably they probably like him to pick it up a little bit. He's averaging 16 and obviously Curry's doing what Curry's doing. But uh, I always mess his name up. Namanja Balisha. Did I, did I say it right?
0: Nemanja Belitza. But that's okay. Close. close. Yeah, close. yeah, yeah.
1: He, he, to me, has been a great pickup. You know, he kind of does some of the things that David Lee used to do. Um, opens up the offense a little bit for him because he's, a, you know, basically a stretch five. And Otto Porter, he, to me, was an outstanding pickup. Like, when a warrior signed him, I was like, oh, he's, he's available? <laughs> like, and, and he's not averaging a dramatic amount of points. He's averaging six points right now, but he's he's also had a nice presence off the bench. Made some 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 nice shots for him. Uh, rebounded well in in a getting you know Iguodala back. Toscano Anderson is kind of a Swiss Army knife guy for him. And then the team is not even healthy yet. I mean, I really love jonathan Kamingo. i think he's gonna chance if kirk gives him a chance to play he played in the g league last year so this rookie is a different kind of rookie very very talented i think he has a chance to be special james wiseman is close um he got cleared to practice and um i'm not sure when he's going to be back on the court but he what I, i believe and i don't know how much has been said about this that he had a surgery, an ACL surgery. Well, no, he didn't have surgery, but they heard they sewed his knee together. So he didn't have to have surgery and just let it heal. And it takes, took a longer time, but because they what? like kind of They did just... what?
0: I'm sorry. Say that again.
1: So there wasn't a surgery. They like sewed the meniscus back.
0: Well, isn't that a surgery? Not, no,
1: no, not, it's not, a, it, I'm trying to explain it. Somebody was trying to explain it to me. It's not your typical surgery okay okay maybe they, they just like let it heal they did something that allowed it to let it heal without having a typical surgery okay so and, they did so the way they, they
0: did they didn't uh, do a standard meniscus repair surgery
1: yeah yeah they did something that basically allowed it to heal on its own. so it's like better than having surgery it takes longer to get back from because I think some people were confused why it's taking him to get long so long to get back but it's like he never got hurt Um, uh, I, I gotta get more details on that yeah, i mean there, there was something
0: to, to my knowledge there's two two sort of well there's three ways you can deal with a meniscus one yeah. you can rehab it yeah if it's rehabbable that's what happened with Embiid last year mb tore his meniscus in the freaking playoffs yeah and he never had surgery in the offseason he just rehabbed it although his knee is bothered. It's the other knee now that's bothering him. um, Hmm. And he's sitting out tonight's game. They say due to rest, but the knee has been bothering him. Um, So you can rehab it like that. You can have surgery where they take the meniscus out, which is what you don't want
1: because that leads
0: to to bone on bone later on. And then, but that's a faster way. You can have a meniscus surgery where they shave the meniscus where they just like, if it's just on the side, they like, just shave it off a little bit, and it's not that invasive of a surgery. And then yeah. you can have a meniscus where you repair it, where you, like, stitch it back together. I don't know if that's what he had. Um, and that's the injury that can take mo- three, five months to get back from because it's the most invasive yeah, procedure. Yeah, I think
1: it's the uh, something where – I mean, I'm not a doctor, man. You know that. i <laughs> curse. I, I went it. to two state schools, right? So <laughs> – <laughs> But, but I, I heard they just did something unique with him. And then obviously Clay is on the men too. So by the beginning of the year, I mean, you could have two starters back and they've already had this start. So there's um, a right. lot of excitement about this team and the way it looks and, and their depth and, and their shooting ability um, in the Bay area right now.
0: So I, you mentioned Belitza and Otto Porter, you know, Bob Myers, their general manager, and I realize that it's it's not just Bob Myers. They have a a a, a whole staff that makes decisions. Um, Joe Lacob and her son Kurt Lacob, are involved. Steve Kerr, former GM, he's involved. Uh, you know they have Larry Harris who's involved. They have Mike Dunleavy uh, who's involved. I mean, he, you know Bob would be the first to tell you it's a team effort. But their veteran free agent signings. Over the last four or five years, the back end of their of their title runs, they didn't exactly hit home runs, in those yeah. signings. you know, a lot of people got excited when they signed to Marcus Cousins. That was not a good sign. Okay, it, it, it sounded good. And I understand why it took the gambling. It turned out not to be a good sign. You know, I don't think when they signed Nick Young, it was a good signing, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, Willie Cauley Stein ended up not being a good signing. Okay, so they. But I will, and what, I will
1: say this to your point. Now, Kerr said this the other day. He said he believes that every player on their roster can help them win a game.
0: Well, that's a which, good point. Which, and, which
1: is a lot, which you know, and then they had some other guys, some you know European guys over the last couple years too, or some young players at the end of the bench that that certainly. Uh were disappointing. So that for him to say that he truly believes that every player can have an impact on the game is definitely a, a a new look for the Warriors. Well,
0: that's that's a compliment to the development of Jordan Poole and Damian Lee. Now, a lot of people, including some people on this pod, were very excited about Jordan Poole at the start of the season. He looked great in the preseason and he's had a couple of really good games. But you mentioned Damian Lee. I mean, he's he's kind of you know, he's kind of known for, you know, marrying into, didn't he marry, um, Steph's, uh, he got a baby on the way too. Yeah. He, he married Aisha's sister. Am I correct? No, no. Steph's sister. He married Steph's sister. Okay. Screwed that up. Anyway, he's, he's kind, he's been on the team for four years. And if you asked me about him, you know, six weeks ago, I said, yeah, he, I didn't have, even have the right sister. Correct. Um, he did have a couple of good games a few years ago, sort of in junk time for them mm-hmm. after Steph was injured, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't really take it seriously. Well, he's been great for them. Not only is he averaging 14 points a game, but he's he's shooting six or 46% on threes. I mean, that is so huge for them because And he hasn't uh, started. Right. He's he he's comes just come off, off the bench. bench. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, pool is sort of hot and cold and he's got super confidence, but Lee giving him those, you know, so be and, and Otto Porter, both being, you know, supportive additions, you know, they didn't spend a lot of money on their side. They played for the minimum, but getting those two guys and then being able to support is big. And then Damian Lee. Playing and being able to support those starters is obviously huge. And then Draymond's playing well. The league is moving in Draymond's direction. He's allowed to use his hands and hold and and tug and pull, <laughs> and you know do all of his uh, you know sorcery. So you know Draymond's in a in a good place uh, defensively. So you know it, it you know it's looking you know good for them. And you know they really believe that Clay is going to come back and and be an impact player like pretty quick. Now,
2: I mean these the, the rule serious. changes. These rule changes have to make the Warriors better. I mean, would, maybe you can make the argument that no team stands to benefit more from these rule changes than the Warriors well, I because argue you're
0: Miami. right. I argue Miami has benefited.
2: Miami too, yes. But Draymond now, he's getting up there a little bit in age. I'll admit that. But, like, I think he now is going to be able – this helps him be able to defend and stay with guys. Klay Thompson coming off an if injury. If they keep
0: allowing the holding and, and grabbing and tugging, which I don't know if they will, but right now they are.
2: I mean, Clay Thompson has to love these rule changes, especially coming off this injury. I mean, I, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, going into the season, I thought the Warriors were going to be good. I thought they were going to be a top four or top five Western Conference team. And some people didn't agree with me on that. I thought they were going to be good. I thought that when Clay Thompson comes back, I think he's going to be good. Um, it might take a little bit. I thought Otto Parker was going to be excellent. I know he's had a lot of injuries, but I just felt like he was a great fit. Be Elisa, great fit. Jordan Poole, I even give, give the Michigan kid a little credit. You know, I don't like to give Michigan kids credit, but he's always had this confidence. I, I think when we're talking about Damian Lee and Jordan Poole, they're they, 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 like Jordan Poole, I watched in college. He was insanely confident in college, but I, you got to probably be even more confident when you're shooting every day with Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson, and like your if your shot starts to improve in those practices, your confidence is going to go up. The other day I was watching Lee play. I don't remember what game it was, but he was shooting with such confidence. I was like, man, this guy just comes off the bench and starts firing three point shots. Like you know, basically he's a starter. And so that's something where I think this it Steve Kerr is going to have some issues here because I don't know how he's going to play everybody. I don't know what's going to happen when everybody's healthy. I mean, it's a good a, problem. That's a to good have.
1: problem. Great problem, and. We're, I'm telling you, I don't know if there's too many rookies in Warriors history that have, have been beat up as much as Wiseman has been beat up. Um, like Wy- Wiseman, I think, is going to be excellent for them. He gives them, like you um, you mentioned Willie Colley-Stein, right? The Warriors have longed for a guy that they can throw alley-oops to, do some Dwight Howard stuff, because they did – have interest in Dwight Howard around the same time they got Igadala. Actually, they it could have been interesting out yeah, of the met, course of didn't
0: mentioned Igwadala as a veteran pickup. I mean, yeah. he doesn't feel like a new player, even but exactly
1: is, you know. so Igadala's there, but Wiseman gives him a shot blocker, gives them some they have no size right now. So they're doing this with no size. He gives them rebounding, he's gonna catch alley oops, he could run the floor. They're, they add a new dimension once he's able to play. And, and I do think that he'll quickly uh, become a starter, which when clay and, and Wiseman return as starters, then pool and uh, Looney go to the bench, which makes the bench even better.
0: Well, I love, as I've said all last year, I, I, you know, I would never really seen Wiseman play because he barely played in public view. You know, at least on a nationwide, you know, and I loved his skill set. I just don't think you see big men like that with those type of feet and hands. And I loved yeah. it. And I know that they played better when he didn't play. But I I just love his skill set. And I'm not trying to compare him to other guys in that class. Yeah. Um, but I, I love his skill set. I'm a believer in him, and uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, speaking of young guys, Spears, um, you are doing a Uh, a diary this year on the undefeated with the number one overall pick Cade Cunningham, who just played his first game for the Pistons. The Pistons, by the way, look terrible. (laughs) Uh, They just can't score at all. Jeremy Grant's not playing well. They're banged up and Cade has only played one game. Um, But I know that you just had an entry that came out with him, uh, I guess was over the weekend or end of last week. And I just want to know, since you've been spending time with him, uh, I want to talk, I want to talk about some of the rookies that uh are you know keeping an, we're keeping an eye on right now but um what's Cades where's Cades head at now that he's he's missed a whole bunch of time with this injury and, and is now getting back and and having to hit the ground running
1: yeah i mean it, it it's got to be frustrating cuz he was um super excited about you know entering uh and being the number one pick like he took he's taken pride in being the number one pick he he doesn't see it as pressure he sees it as his story which i i think is an amazing perspective for somebody his age uh, to not you know see that as something that should should make him like feel like the world is against him um he he feels worthy he feels like he's going to do well obviously this injury is, is in the blip of It's hopefully going to be just something that's a blip in his career, but he, he is certainly one of the more charismatic uh, guys I've ever spoken to thing that kind of sucks for him right now is, you know, uh, you're, you're right into the fire when everybody else is warmed up and really going and there's no back to backs. So, right, you know, with an ankle injury, I'm like, man, this ain't, he must've had a high ankle sprain, something pretty bad, you know, for Brett for to have lingered this long. And he, he definitely, didn't really look too comfortable. So it it might take a week or so for him to be him and a week from Wednesday in Houston, like he plays Jalen green, (laughs) who's basically come out like gangbusters, right? I mean, Jalen green, Evan Mosley, Scotty Barnes, they've, they've looked pretty great so far. Yeah. Um, Barnes
0: has a, has a wrist thing right now that may slow him down, but, um, you know, that was a stunning pick for, you know, those of us on the outside that they went with him over Jalen Suggs and all he's looking good, right? Yeah. He has been, I mean, he, he looks like (laughs) he looks like he's got a chance to become the Raptors franchise player within, (laughs) you know, a year or so. I mean, you know, they're going to get Siakam back and, you know, they still believe in Ananobi and obviously, you know, Fred Van Vliet plays a key role for them, but like, He's a type of you know. He's averaging 18 points. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's he's rebounding. He's gotten. He, I think he had one game where he had like 17 rebounds or something like that. He's got um, just tremendous size and athleticism. There's a lot of excitement,
1: you know. And um, I've been uh uh Brian. I've been surprised by Mobley, man. Like I saw him play in person at USC. Watched a lot of his games, and I mean he's a, he's a stick man. He's a skinny, skinny kid. He's only 215 pounds at 6'11. But for him to like jump out the gate and, and get the starting role and 13 and seven already, like that's that's pretty, pretty strong. And he yeah, we talked and on Jared the- Allen together, yeah. man. That's some length, boy. Yeah, we
0: talked they, on the pod. They got the some other- length to them. Yeah, we talked in the pod the other day about how he's defending. Although you can see how the scouting report is always co- already coming on him. Teams are using their size to make yeah. him uncomfortable. Yeah, he only That's had two
1: points happen. against Phoenix, so he had his yeah. first clunker uh, on Saturday. But yeah, I'm I'm sure the thing now is beat him up.
2: I can't believe the Cleveland thing is working with all the big men. I mean, like even well, like Kevin, even see. Kevin Love was getting some was getting some, putting up some numbers. You know, uh, marking in. Um, I, I Jared Allen, obviously, I, I mean, I was, I was just like, what, what are the Cavs doing? They have way too many big men.
0: They have absolutely, their, their, their small forward slash wing position is just, it's just devastating. (laughs) It's just devastating. They, they they go to the bench and I I don't want to insult anybody, but they're playing a small, they're, they're starting small forward is out of position and they go to the bench. And, and right now, Isaac Okoro has been out and things just go way, way south, way fast. But, um, um, you know, there's some other guys in this class that are, you know, look, I, 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 we're not going to spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about teams like the Orlando Magic and Indiana Pacers. The, the, the Pacers have been a terrible disappointment thus far. Terrible. And part of it is because they've got injuries. Uh, T.J. Warren's foot injury is just, you know, I don't even know when he's going to come back. His career has been derailed by this. And now they've got Malcolm Brogdon, who's so important to them out.
2: Paris but Levert guy, just came back.
0: Right. Lavert has been out too. So th- it's not going great for them right now, but yeah. this guy, they drafted uh, Duarte, in the, in the right. late lottery, Chris Duarte, yeah. who very unusual lottery pick at age 24. He might've been 23 when he got drafted, but he's 24. Very unusual to see a 24 year old rookie. Who's a lottery pick. Um, and talking to people around Indiana, he is just super competitive, like just, absolutely hates to lose competing from the first day he's averaging 18 points, uh, shooting 40% from three, averaging five rebounds two assists a game. Um, and Franz Wagner, who's, um, you know, uh, he was a lottery pick for, uh, yeah. Orlando, what they got out of the the bulls, uh, training, another right? Michigan it's... kid, right? Well, they've got, <laughs> they've got his brother, Mo Wagner on the roster. Um, you know, he's a, you know, he's a, a, he's a tall shooter, you know, and he is averaging 14 points and shooting really good, like 44, 45% from three. Typically these rookies, especially the, the perimeter players don't shoot that high of a percentage coming out. They, they normally struggle with the physicality that you have to have and this rookie class, which was so acclaimed, I mean, again, it's going to be Mobley and Green and Cunningham and Barnes who get the attention. And even Josh Giddy is having good games. You know, they're getting beat up a lot. So, we're you know, we're not going to see him a lot for uh, Oklahoma City. Well, let me um, also
1: throw in Davion Mitchell, man. I yes. mean, he, he is the best defender, on-ball defender in this draft and could very well soon be the best on-ball defender in this league. I mean, if he's had an opportunity to face some some really good guards so far, like Chris Paul and Book and Steph Curry and uh, Spider, you know. Um, and he's locked a lot of these guys up quietly. I know it's a real big dig, deal in Sacramento now, but Davion Mitchell has stepped the whole Kings' defensive uh, ability up, uh, pushed these guys. He wants to guard De'Aaron Fox in practice every day. Like, he asks for that, doesn't shy from that, wants the best offensive uh, assignment every game. So I think Luke is going to have to figure out a way because Tyrese Halliburton is a great offensive player, but he's not even in the same atmosphere defensively as Davion, like trying to figure out how to use Fox, Mitchell, Halliburton, either together. But Mitchell is fighting his way onto the floor, not because he's some great offensive player, but he's just – such a dog defensively that there's so many great West guards that you have to put them in there.
2: Well, yeah, you, what... I, 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 t- I remember talking to somebody from the Kings when they were in L.A. a few weeks ago, and I said, "What are y'all going to do with so many guards? You guys have so many point guards, and you know the smallest gonna... guards to play." And and they said, "This they're guy said, bench. you know,
0: they're going to." they're going to bench Bagley is what they're going to do.
2: Well, this guy said, they said instead of what they did was they no longer started drafting position to They just wanted to draft basketball players. Um, And so they felt like with Davion Mitchell, they had gotten another, and Halliburton, they just went after basketball players, forget about position. And so it's, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, that's, that's refreshing if that, it really is the King's, you know, outlook on things of like how to, how to draft, because obviously, well, look, you know, they haven't had drafts the in the past.
0: Right. <laughs> Monty McNair is their general manager. He's been there for two drafts. You know, the, 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 the Marvin Bagley, uh, or, or the, or the, the Bagley over, um, over Doncic thing was not on his record. Okay. His record is Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell. <laughs> and, you know, Going forward, he's obviously going to go with what he believes in. And so that's what's going on there. But as long as you're talking about great defensive rookies, Spears, there's a guy in, um, in New Orleans, Herb Jones, who is another old guy, second-round pick uh, out of Alabama, 23 years old, um, played four years in college, and I went to the season opener in New Orleans when the when the Sixers were there, and I was watching him. I, I've already talked about their other uh, rookie, uh, Trey Murphy, who's uh, got a really gifted uh, three point shooter out of Virginia. But I was watching Herb Jones work out before the game, and David Griffin, their uh, president, says to me, "This kid is going to be playing by the fifth game because our coach Willie Green loves him that much." And, you know, I'm used to hearing general managers and executives get excited about guys they just drafted. It's, you know, that's what their record is. Um, Guess what? By the second game, he was (laughs) starting, and he is not a good shooter at all. His outside shot is not pretty (laughs) watching him work out alongside uh, Trey Murphy, who was knocking down about 60% of his practice threes and watching uh, Herb who was knocking down about 20%. uh, That is not his forte, at least right now. Uh, But he at six, eight with incredible athleticism, he is already showing how he aggressive and versatile he can be defensively. There are rookies making contributions all over the place in this league. And granted, we just went over some teams. You know, Sacramento has had some moments early on. They've been keeping their head above water. But, you know, New Orleans, Orlando, Indiana, there's just, you know, Oklahoma City. There's not much to get excited about there, but these young guys – are really doing things and Herb Jones looks like he could be the type of guy who could I mean I you got to be real careful invoking Draymond Green because the standard is so high but it's that type of skill set
2: Wendy he uh, has he yeah. has well and you you say he's not really obviously not a shooter but he has 12 points in each of his last two games shot 6 of 13 5 for 8 in the last two games and he has five steals total in the last two games yeah. And he played 30, he played like 36 minutes in the last game.
0: Yeah, They're just, they're just, I mean, it, things aren't good in new Orleans right now, which they, with all due respect to everybody, they have completely, totally, utterly inexplicably botched how they've communicated the Zion Williamson injury. There's no other way to put it today. They came out and said um, it's going to be at least two or three more weeks before there's an update. They didn't say anything about the injury when a q and happened. And I understand that they want to protect his privacy and all that stuff. But if you're going to do that, you have to pay the consequences of that. So they come out at the first day of training camp. Zion says, I'll be back by opening night. David Griffin says he should be back by opening night. Willie Green's not so sure. <laughs> okay. Opening night comes, he's not playing. They say, we'll give you an update in two weeks. Two weeks comes, we'll give you an update in three weeks. They have not handled this well at all. And they have a video that leaks out of him working out before game the other day. They weren't thrilled that that video got out because it was during their closed shoot around. And he obviously looks heavy in that video. And by being opaque, again, I'm telling you, trying to hide the truth. I'm not saying you have to like uh, publish his MRI scans and stuff like that. But when you aren't honest with your fans, it always comes back to haunt you and they were not honest about Zion and it makes Zion look bad and it makes them look bad. I'm sorry to go on a little rant here. Um, because ultimately you need Zion to be healthy spears but
1: um, yeah. Herb Jones nah, is, we, is when a we talked spot. To that we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. You know, and I'm you know, my family being from New Orleans, I hear about it all the time and you know, they they keep trying to want to buy in to the Pelicans and then just when they get excited there's a downer. And uh, I I think that's one thing that whether it's the Pelicans or any team in any sport, like, it's better to be honest with injuries, man. Like, they they probably should have said it when it happened because as painful as it was for that news, it just – it messed up. And we talked about it before, when It messed up media day, right? That was the news media day. And instead of talking about it when it happened and now – uh, oh, opening day! Yeah, that's opening day's past, and then you see like Ja doing well. Now we see R.J. Barrett starting to pick up his game and starting to look like people expected him to look. And then the only time we've seen Zion so far, so far, is the sitting on the couch, eating some uh, snack in in a commercial.
0: Right, but part <laughs> like... of this is Zion. Part of this is Zion too. Zion has not. Yeah. been out there to discuss yeah. how he's doing and so like yeah if you want to be private i understand so is that him
1: but is that his family is that the pelicans know, is that I his handlers know. like good luck good luck finding that bit, yeah getting that answer right
2: it's, it's just amazing that like two seasons ago i remember thinking the pelicans were the team that i wanted to watch on league pass every night <laughs> you know lonzo well, ball the zion i just kept thinking he, this is going to be a played, pair for for years he,
0: He played 60 games last year, averaged 27 points and shot 61% on some of the greatest interior scoring we've seen since Shaq. I mean, I mean,
1: it's, yeah, I was excited. I'm excited.
0: There's a lot to be excited about there, but you know, (laughs) anyway. Um, all right. Well, thank you to Spears and thank you to Olm, Thank you to Jackson, our producer. Thanks for listening to the collective podcast. We'll talk to you later this week and check out some of those rookies. We pass.